0: Hack Snyder. right, Manny, you want to start it off?
1: No, you go. You're the one who starts it.
0: All right, I got this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. I'm
1: Matt. And I'm Manny. And we're here to talk about Justice League. That's right. We are talking about the full length of the Justice League. The Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut, uncut, in your face, the whole... Shebang. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) Zack Snyder unzipped it. He unleashed it on the world. And now we all get to look at it in its full glory. He slapped it on your face, and we're here
1: to analyze the imprint.
0: You know what? When I was watching the the first time, I was thinking, you know what? This isn't long enough. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know who else said that? (laughs) Nobody (laughs) ever. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'll tell you my impression of the, uh, the movie. Uh, my girlfriend loves Justice League. She's a big Batman fan. I like Batman. F- I like Batman, too. But, like, I'm not going to go crazy for any of these superhero characters. But a good movie is a good movie. Um, unfortunately, neither version of the Justice League is a good, is a good movie. Um, but we're here to kind of break down why we think they're not good movies. And we're not just here to totally crap on these movies. Um, you know, I, I know that I have some positives to say for them. I don't know about you, but um, if anyone thinks this is just going to be like a Marvel fanboy hate fest, that's not the case at all. Like we we have plenty of issues with the Marvel films, but, uh, you know, we're critics. We analyze things. We're writers. We look at like, um, what are the things that stand out to us and hopefully it gives people a better sense of like if they didn't like the movies why they didn't like the movies and if they did like the movies they can understand like you know well these things didn't bother me and i was still able to able to enjoy them
0: yes and i think this is a very clear example of the kind of movie that if you're interested in going to see it you're already kind of predisposed to like loving it because yeah. why else would you waste four hours of your time and your life, you know? So I think a lot of the people that went to see this thing went in there with rose-colored glasses, you know? It's like, they wanted this thing to be great, and they've been hyping up this whole Snyder cut, you know, we gotta check it out there, he's gonna uncut it, you know? The problem the first time was they cut it, you know, you gotta uncut this thing, Yeah. yada, yada, yada. I saw the fucking thing. Here's where I'll
1: start off. I'll say that they weren't wrong about that. Um, Absolutely. The people that wanted to see the Snyder cut knew that Zack Snyder had a vision and that that vision was heavily compromised by the version that Warner Brothers unleashed on all of us back in 2017. Um, And seeing this kind of verifies exactly what it was that they were calling for. But overall, I don't agree that uh, what we got was a good movie. It was a better version, but uh, we'll get into like why it's still not a good movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a boar fest, a snooze fest from start to finish. I was, I was asleep. You know, I was watching it in chunks, which I think most people did. You know 30 or 45 minutes I mean that opening sequence or what I remember is the opening sequence was the part where Batman goes to Antarctica to look for the fish man and it he goes to Norway or whatever he even says
1: if you watch the subtitles he's speaking Norwegian <laughs> he's in Norway
0: <laughs> whatever
1: he, first, first you said Alaska, now you're saying Antarctica, but but yeah, like I, I, I get I get the joke and everything, but he's in Norway.
0: Yeah, so he goes I in. I don't want
1: like any like DC fanboys being like, first of all, obviously <laughs> Matt doesn't know what he's talking about because he's not an Antarctica. So
0: I don't it's, care. It's I don't care. But I mean, Batman goes in there waving his wallet in the air, like, who wants
1: five thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I would give you twenty five thousand dollars if you tell me where Aquaman is.
0: Yeah, how did that whole sequence go? He was like he was like, if you give me five thousand dollars, I'll take you to Aquaman. And he was like, I'll give you twenty-five thousand. <laughs> like that was horrible. Yeah,
1: no, it was like the the whole thing, I'm like, I don't understand like what exactly they were trying to do in that like, I mean, I, I, I get, like, the scene that they envisioned when it was written and when they were, like, you know, working on the pre-production for it. But, but that, like, right off the bat, for the Snyder Cut, that lets you know, like, what you're in store for. You're, you're in for these scenes that are unnecessary, They go on way too long, that don't really develop the characters or advance the story. It's just more kind of, like, it's, it's just kind of dressing this world that they're building, And, like, world-building is great, but, um, like, I'll give you an example. Um, You know, a very, like, kind of long, like, slow-paced movie that can be boring if you're not into it is Blade Runner 2049. But that movie, like, the way that they do the world-building, to me, is, like, one of the most interesting things about the entire movie And it sets up, it sets up not only the the story, but this entire universe to a point to where it becomes its own character in the story. And with this, it's like, look, I know what you guys are doing, just get to it. Like, don't waste my fucking time. And it was like, with the theatrical cut, with Josh Whedon's um, additions and edits and everything, they tried to get to that. But with the Snyder cut, it's just like, He's He's got this whole thing that he's trying to do and you just either have to be fully on board with it or you had to sit here and be like, I'm going to fight through this shit, but there's no fucking way I'm doing this all in one setting.
0: Yeah, and for me, I'm a huge Batman fan, you know, like most people. And what I saw when I watched Justice League and, and before that, the Batman v Superman movie was that they just fucked up the character of Batman so royally they made him a character that you can't empathize with at all you don't understand his motivations the way that ben affleck acts the part it seems like he doesn't know what's he doesn't know what's going on from one page to the next it it looks like he's just kind of standing there in his costume and they're like oh we just rewrote the scene and they're handing him the new scene it's like here you go act this scene he's like okay uh uh, if it's a one percent chance we have to treat it as a hundred percent uh Certainty. Okay, let's go action. You know, it's like, what are these lines? Like, where, where did this dialogue come from? Oh, you want 5000? Well, I'll give you 25,000. I mean,
1: <laughs> what the fuck? Well, here, here's here's what I'll, I'll do. Like, um, you know, I think you're making valid criticisms and everything. But I want to start off, I want to make some positives. I want to try and get the, the fanboys and the haters on our side long enough for them to at least hear our initial like criticisms beyond what we've already made I'll, I'll say that um the snyder cut versus the the theatrical cut it's better um there are a lot of improvements with zach snyder's vision um you know like the things that he does like trying to flesh out the characters a lot more that does work in terms of what he's trying to accomplish i can see what he's going for and um you know I think that he gets to what he's trying to go for. Did it satisf- satisfy me? No, it didn't. But you know, I don't really matter. Um, and uh, the 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 ending that that I think like plays out a lot better than what was released in the theatrical cut. Um, and you know, one of the things that the Snyder cut does um, that the Whedon cut kind of overdid was it tries to find a more lighter kind of comedic, like Avengers-type tone. Um, And there are moments where there is some levity, and I think that's much needed because the Snyder DC movies just get so dark and so dreary that they're painful to watch. This movie was not as painful as like Batman v Superman, especially like the extended version that he made. But... um, Overall, like it's not anywhere near as fun as as an a Marvel movie, an Avengers movie, especially the good ones, but it does go in that direction, and I think that was an improvement, definitely more so than what they attempted to do by bringing in Josh Whedon and having him essentially like, you know, when you see the full Snyder cut. Weed butchered the movie, but he kind of had to because there's no fucking way you can release a four-hour movie into cinemas as a tentpole blockbuster and expect it to do well.
0: Yeah, there's there's no way. I mean, Zack Snyder had the wrong idea the whole time. If that was like his his real deal plan, and he sounds like a pain We're in the supposed to be ass.
1: saying positives right now, man.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, so here's something positive. So. Uh, Well, let me also just say before I get into my positives, like my experience with this movie, I would have sworn that I had not seen the movie. But then when I started watching the Snyder Cut, I realized that I have seen it because I recognize all the plot lines. I recognize all the characters, uh, the whole the whole part where Cyborg is like, it's like he's in his room, like he's and he's got his hoodie on and like his dad opens the door and he's like, what are you doing in there, son? Is his name Miles or something like that? He's like, what are you doing, Miles? He's like, Dad, leave me alone. You know, he's like, uh I thought that was uh you know, not good or anything, but I remembered all that stuff, you know. Uh and then when I watched the Zack Snyder cut, I realized, okay, yes, I have seen this movie before, but it's hard for me to remember the difference between like the Snyder cut and the the original Joss Whedon cut, as we're I guess we're calling it. The theatrical yeah. cut. Um, I liked, sort of liked these stuff with Flash, where there was one part where he was like, "I'm gonna create a giant like electrical charge with my power." You know, I thought that was interesting. You know, a big thing about superhero movies is you gotta find ways for them to use their like superpowers in, in new and interesting and fun ways. You know, show it to us in a way that we've never seen before. Like. Yeah, that's an old trick, but I mean that's that's easy. You know, that's an easy one. You got to cover your bases yeah. with that kind of stuff. And yeah. then I liked the other part with the Flash, where he was like, "Oh, I got to go faster than the speed of light." And I kind of liked this stuff where Flash was like crash landing, like he would run really fast and crash really hard into something. It kind of made it seem like you know there was a limit to, you know, if he pushed his limit. That's what would kind of happen to him, which would seem like a pretty brutal fall. I mean, if you're running that fucking fast and then you don't stick the landing, I mean, that, that I feel like that would hurt. So yeah. That seemed like a good consequence to him, like, not really mastering his power yet. It's like, you you know, you're pushing your bounds beyond what you can do. And so generally speaking, I guess I liked the Flash, but I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of positive things to say about it. I mean, it was really bad. I'll let you keep saying positive things. What else was uh, positive about this thing?
1: Well, I'll say that, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the Flash. One of the things that the Snyder Cut does with the Flash is it gives him two moments, and it does, it does the good writer thing of it sets up, uh, it, it introduces something to the audience, and then it later pays it off. So it shows when they're trying to reanimate Superman, it shows that the flash he's he's talking about, I, I got to get the timing just right so that I strike the box as it hits the surface of the water um, in order to, you know, ignite it and, and cause this reaction to happen. And he goes so fast that you actually see the box go into the water and then time starts to reverse. And that's when he touches it. And like, you know, that sort of stuff, if you're not thinking about it scientifically, like in a superhero, like comic book sort of sense, it's like, oh, yeah, like, no, that like he can go so fast that he reverses time. I like that part later. Too. They pay it off at the ending that he realized like like Flash is the one who saves the day, um, because despite the whole Justice League like kicking ass, um, once Superman shows up, they still they still fail to prevent the the little apocalypse from happening. And it takes the flash going so fast that it reverses time. And like he consciously makes that decision of like I have to do this in order to remove things that are me. so like those are some positive stuff, things that they did with the flash. But overall, I thought that character's fucking annoying. I can't stand Ezra Miller. Um, you know, when I when I first watched uh because I, I saw I saw Justice League in the theaters, like the week that it opened, and dude, I had a miserable fucking time. Like I remember, like walking out of this movie, just going like, "What the fuck was that?" Like I watched it in Las Vegas in the summer. Like it just it was not a good feeling. Um, and then I just kept hearing about all these like calls for the Snyder Cut and the Snyder Cut, and I'm like. Dude, what I saw of this movie, there's no fucking way there's a good cut of it. There's no way that, like, there's an entertaining version of this movie. And the only thing that's entertaining about watching the Snyder cut is first to see the differences between the theatrical cut and his version of it. And then also to just kind of, like, you get a glimpse into this guy's mind and you kind of see, like, what he was hoping to do with this these, these, these heroes, these characters that were created, like, you know, some of them almost a century ago. And, um, you know, to me, that was interesting, but not interesting enough that I ever want to see another fucking Zack Snyder DC movie, I would rather get hit by a fucking bus, than watch a new movie from Zack Snyder starring DC characters.
0: Can I also say that when you were talking about that moment with The Flash, that reminded me that was exactly what I loved about that moment. You you, you said it, but I want to go back over it because you, you skipped the, the, the line where they kind of set it up. Um, flash sort of proclaims like, oh, I can create all, the, all this electricity. And he says, but when I do it, funny things start to happen with time. And then everyone just kind of doesn't really know what to make of that line. And then then that moment happens. And it's like you know you see the box you see the box hit the water and it's like it's clearly too late like oh you missed your moment and then time starts to kind of reverse and that's when I started to sort of perk up and be like oh something interesting is happening you know time is going backwards a little bit I have to be honest though when you were saying what happens at the end where he reverses time I th- I think I missed that moment what what happens at the end?
1: Well, that's funny because I didn't miss the moment at the end, but I did miss the moment with the mother box and the resurrection of Superman. And I went back and rewatched it when someone else brought it to my attention. But what happens at the end is, um, so they're fighting against uh, Steppenwolf. And I got to say, this version, like another positive, Zack Snyder's version of Steppenwolf is definitely better than the version we got in theatrical cuts. Like that version was, like that was part of the reason why that movie was so fucking bad. Um, But this version is like a marginal improvement. It's not enough to like make this a good film. But it is it is an improvement, um, but so they're kicking the shit out of uh uh Steppenwolf, but the thing is is that they have um, three mother boxes, and Cyborg is the only one out of the team that is able to like access the mother boxes, um, both both on a physical level and on like a um like I, I don't even know what you want to call it like a neurological level. But he's attempting to try and separate them, but it's, it's requiring a ton of, like, it's not very, it's very vague. And so he has a very limited window of time to keep them separated, because if they all combine together, then they will, um, they will destroy, like, all the life on planet Earth in order to, um, what what is it called like it's the same thing they try to do in men of steel where they were going to um make the planets uh similar to the surface of uh krypton mhm okay and so like basically like if if the three mother boxes uh successfully merge then basically everyone on on planet earth is doomed and then they're they're at ground zero for that happening so what happens is, like, seconds before, you see Cyborg gets disintegrated, Superman gets disintegrated. And, like, once that happens, like, obviously everybody else on the team is fucked. But but because Flash can move so quickly, he sees this happening, and like like, if I, you know, fast enough to reverse time... I can, you know, bring them back to the window where Cyborg can successfully, like, uh, separate these boxes, and then we can chop off Steppenwolf's fucking head and throw it through the portal, and then slam it shut on Darkseid.
0: I have to say, in case anyone forgot, that there was a moment kind of like that in the original Superman movie, where Superman like flies around the Earth a bunch of times and reverses time.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, which That's a very famous moment that a lot of people about um so that's kind of interesting to like see it pop back this time the different character um and i i think that you have to give flash moments like that because even more so than batman he can't he can't kick anybody's ass in this movie
0: yeah it's like he can run really quick and kind of get some kind of job done or something but he's he's not much of like a fighter
1: yeah like uh, he mostly like runs fast and then like pushes people, uh, but he doesn't like punch or kick or do any of that shit. Like really, it's like Cyborg. It's mostly like Aquaman and Wonder Woman that kick ass. Cyborg does a little bit of ass kicking. Fucking like the the reason why this why both versions, uh, all versions of Justice League suck, is because this is probably the weakest fucking Batman we've ever seen in a cinematic movie yeah um because he can't he can't kick anybody's ass like he struggles to beat the shit out of the parademons and the problem with the fucking parademons is that they're essentially the putties from the uh 90s power rangers show yeah like they're faceless like you don't give a shit about them like if they show up and like start menacing like a normal person you're just like oh no like You know, they got fangs and wings and like, you know, uh, run away. But like if Wonder Woman shows up, she just like slices them one time with her sword and they're done.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Before we leave the things that were good about this movie section, I forgot to mention. Another thing that was good about it was the take that they had on Alfred, Batman's butler. Uh, Not to say it was a good take per se, but it was something new and it was like a welcome change from from what we've seen in the past. You know, I think they've done the like old man butler who's making you some tea thing kind of to death, you know, and then Michael Caine sort of brought a new hue to it and this is kind of bringing in something from the comic books where they claim that Alfred is like an ex, uh, you know, MI6 member like a an ex James Bond basically.
1: Was that something that was in the story because I don't recall that at all.
0: It's not in the story, but they treat him like he's that that's the famously that's a new
1: version of Alfred that that's in the comic books right now. He he is like uh like Batman is like in this movie especially he's heavily relying on him to like, you know, um he has him like send him the bat crawler, like he's constantly like, you know, on bluetooth with him. You know, being like, Alfred, I need this thing.
0: It, if, it feels more grounded to me because, you know, where's all this stuff coming from? You know, Batman needs a guy on the computer in the Batcave. Click,
1: clack, click, clack, click, click. You know, Master Wayne, I'm sending you this stuff right now. Here we go, Master Wayne. Yeah. And he- like, I like the concept of Alfred as being, like, somebody that was originally Bruce Wayne's bodyguard when Bruce Wayne was an orphan child. And now he's kind of, like, merged into this role of, like, you know, I was his former mentor. Now I'm his protector slash butler. Like, like you know, you get the sense that like, uh, just like Bruce Wayne is is the secret identity of of Batman. That that Alfred um, is as the butler is the secret identity of mm-hmm. like Alfred, kind of the mastermind um, for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of neat. And Jeremy Irons is like. Dude, I'm on board. Anything Jeremy Irons want to do, he's he's like up there with like Gary Oldman, where it's just like, it's hard for him to do wrong. Like, he can do some extreme shit, and it's still just like, yeah, but it's it's this motherfucker. It's Jeremy Irons. Yeah, and I think like, they're trying
0: to do like a different take on Batman, which is good. That's a good instinct. But as it needs to be different, but it also needs to be where Batman is still kicking ass. And all this stuff with like the guns and just over reliance on firepower, like I, I was not liking that at all. To me, that is oh, not yeah, yeah. Batman.
1: Like the times when Batman in this movie is is the most effective is when he's shooting a gun, whether it's on his, uh, you know, his Bat Prowler, whether it's like he's literally like grabbing a mounted gun that the fucking uh, Parademons are using. Um, you know, that's that's the time when he's he's causing the most damage to the enemy. The rest of the time when he's like fighting, like I don't, I don't know that he actually goes one-on-one with Steppenwolf. And if he does, like he doesn't do like less effective than Aquaman or Wonder Woman, which is ridiculous. Because when you think about the DC characters, the DC superheroes, it's Superman and Batman. Like, like literally they're, they're on the same plane You know, to where, like, you would never think that, like, oh, Wonder Woman could hold her own against Superman, or Aquaman could hold his own against Superman, or Green Lantern, or fucking Cyborg, or Flash, but if you think about somebody going up against Superman, and, like, coming out on top, or at least holding his own, it would be Batman, and in this movie, I'm like, how the fuck did you guys make a Batman versus Superman movie with this version of Batman, because he's... Like he sucks. He's ineffective, and it's not like I don't put it one hundred percent on Ben Affleck because he's the same actor that was in Batman v Superman. But in this movie, like he, he's basically like Nick Fury that also still puts on a costume.
0: Yeah, and if I was going to rewrite like how he meets Aquaman, I think I was telling you this before, but just for the audience, like I feel like the. The obvious way to do it, and the way that I would like to have seen him do it, is where he goes to Norway under the cover of night as Batman, and captures Aquaman. Like, he, or, or he goes out, he goes out on a giant boat actually in the middle of the ocean, and he goes fishing for Aquaman. That's how you do it. He goes fishing for Aquaman. That would have been fucking dope. And he pulls up Aquaman with like a giant net, and he's like. <laughs> He's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I, I like your idea, but I'd like to take it like to an extent that like um, Aquaman gets captured by like some governmental organization, um, you know, like like some country that is trying to protect their their um, illegal fishermen. And Aquaman is just like, you know, he's basically Greenpeace in the ocean. And um, somehow they managed to capture him. But then Batman comes in and, you know, kicks everybody's ass and then like is walking up to Aquaman, like caught in a cage. And he's like, I can let you out of here, but you got to join my team. And he's like, he's like, all right, well, I guess I got no other choice, bro.
0: No, I don't like that at all. I think he captures. he goes fishing for him on like on a giant boat. I love that. I love the imagery of that. You know, he's out there like on the fucking Titanic, you know, the USS Gotham or something.
1: <laughs> the USS Martha. Why did you say that name? Yeah,
0: you know, and he's he's out there with like a fishing pole and he's he's just out there kind of chatting with Alfred about something and, and he pulls up uh, Aquaman or he pulls him up on a giant net or something. And he's like, he's like, I need your help. You know, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it was just, you know, something fun, yeah. funny, interesting, and something that proves that Batman is the baddest of them all. Batman, yeah. if and, Batman's and, not the baddest. I like
1: that. I like that because the scene that they have in the theatrical cut, that was pretty terrible. Um, you know, where he goes, he goes to Norway, and he's trying to recruit, um, what is His name's Arthur. um, Arthur something, Um, but he's he's going and he's trying to recruit him. Um, It's already bad in the the theatrical cut, but in the Snyder cut, it's worse. Like, like his concubines like start singing for him, and like that one bitch is like doing the smell test on his sweater, and it's like super creepy and fucking weird. Like it starts like getting into like midsummer vibes. But it's like this real like dreary, like wet and rainy, like wintertime scenario. And it's just like, dude, this is like, I'm not having any fun watching this. Yeah. And like the whole fucking point of watching a movie like this is for me to have some fun. The audience needs to be having a good time. And I'm not having a good time.
0: Yeah, it's like you look at your own life and you're like, man, I can't wait to get back to paying those bills and uh, doing my laundry. Yeah. It's like you know you should be wanting to escape from that and enjoy these superhero movies. And it it was a chore, you know. And and that scene in Norway, I mean, there's more to say about that because that whole sequence, it it didn't even add up. One plus one is two to me. Like, who are these people in this town? What is this situation that they're in? Like, how is he helping? You know, how is him helping this little village analogous to him being a good fit to fight Stefan Wolf? Like, I didn't get it at all.
1: Yeah. Well, well, because later on, they show another scene where he's rescuing a guy whose uh, boat gets uh, pulled under by storm waves. And he brings, he drags this guy into a, a bar slams him down on a table and then he goes over and he like takes a bottle of whiskey and he's like it's on him and then it shows him going back and taking this bottle of whiskey he downs the whiskey and then fucking throws it into the water and it's like isn't your whole thing is that you don't want people to pollute the oceans and you're literally doing the same shit that everybody else does You know, so it's like at at the very least, you're a fucking hypocrite. But it's like he doesn't come off as heroic until he's just like, Well, I guess I gotta fight with the rest of you guys, because you know, this thing that I didn't even fucking know about got taken from us. And then he didn't give a shit about the mother box (laughs) until it was gone. And then he was like, "Uh, I guess that fucking asshole Bruce Wayne like had a good point. I guess I gotta go help him out.
0: Yeah, and it it kind of had this issue where it almost felt like it was the first draft of certain kinds of ideas. You know, like, a scene like that that you just described, I mean, that was so atrocious watching that. Like, I'm not even trying to be, like, a hippy-dippy liberal or anything. It's just, like, that was just, as the protector of the sea, for you to, like, drink a big thing of vodka and then jump and go swimming, I mean... And then throw it, litter it in the ocean. I mean, it was just, every, yeah. everything about Throwing it was horrible. a glass in the
1: water is like the worst fucking thing you can do.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it's like a first draft idea, you know, it's like something that you come up with as a joke to your friends, like, oh, what if he slams a bottle of whiskey and then throws it in the ocean, and your friend laughs, laughs and you're like, it's in! It made my friend laugh, it's in! It's like, yeah, it made your friend laugh because it was silly and so stupid you know yeah it's like a pitchable it's a good pitchable idea but it's so stupid and when you watch it it just seems like there should have been somebody else there to say you know what let's cut it you know who's that person where's that person that that cuts Zack Snyder's vision
1: up doesn't exist like uh, I mean I guess I guess like Zack Snyder or I mean Josh Whedon was somebody who came in and was like oh I got to do some like different shit but like literally, like, the things that he did to this movie, like, obviously, you gotta shorten it, like, you can't not have a fucking four-hour or three hours and 45 minutes if you chop off the epilogue, which the epilogue was fucking awful, like, like the epilogue was pointless bullshit, and like, that shit that's, like, literally like, DVD extras that you debate whether or not to include, um, and, and like that stuff was in there, like the whole scene with, with um, the post-apocalyptic like Justice League that has the Joker um, and, and like it, it's like Batman and Joker like arguing in the epilogue. Like that's literally the kind of shit that's like a first draft that you never go back and like like repolish and then you literally shoot that and include that in the footage like that did not need to be there especially not the way that it was.
0: No, I did not.
1: Regardless of that, like everything else, um, it's like, it's just really frustrating because it's like, you know, you got these characters, it should be like this fun experience for the audience where like you watch them like go up against the force, you know, they think they're going to do well. Then like they get to this moment to where it's just like, oh shit, like we're not strong enough. We got to figure out something else, and then you see them like come together with this plan. Like you know, uh, they do it so in the Avengers because what's happening in the Avengers is everyone is just like, I'm I'm so ins- I'm Iron Man and I'm gonna go kick this guy's ass. Oh God, I got my ass kicked, and you know I'm I'm a uh, um, uh, fucking what's her name? Uh, Black, Johansson. Black Widow. I'm Scarlett Johansson. And, like, I can I can kick a lot of ass, but, like, I can't kick this guy's ass. And, you know, I'm Thor and I got a hammer, but I can't kick this guy's ass. And it's like, oh, wait, all of us together, we can kick ass. And then that's the moment of where you're just like, yeah, like, now they're working together and they're fucking this guy up. And with Justice League, their whole thing is just like, they fucking suck ass until they're just like, well... I guess we got to resurrect Superman because otherwise we're fucking worthless. Yeah. And, and then Superman, like they, they have like no contingency. There's a brief mention Superman wake up us, and then of course that happens. And then like, if Superman wanted to, he could have fucking killed all of them.
0: Yes. And then let's talk about how they set up the mother boxes and that whole thing. Cause that was that was horrible. So like
1: like the whole the whole thing is a shittier version of what the Avengers did with the Infinity War.
0: It it was like there's I didn't even quite understand what they were trying to say, but it was like there's these boxes and I guess in the Amazonian one, it like starts to crack. And so they have like a full guard of people like standing by like, oh, what's going to happen with this? And they just stand there for a hundred years and and like, oh, what's going to happen now? Is it going to open? Uh, which was really stupid. And then they spend all this time in the movie just standing around these mother boxes being like, you know, these things are a threat. One day something bad is going to happen. You know, it's like there's no urgency about it. It's like they're just standing around. You know, it's not like something is happening. It's like there's nothing happening, and that's the problem. You know, and then what you said about Superman, that's so true. You know, basically what they are saying is that all of them are worthless, and only one of them is worth a shit, which is Superman. And, you know, the Avengers took such painstaking lengths to make sure you never felt that way about any of the characters there's not one like god character which they they did screw that up with miss marvel but i i erased that mentally from my canon you know but you can do that with avengers you know avengers is kind of like star trek it's like you can erase the bad parts because there's so much of it you know there's so much Marvel movies you can say yeah I like Thor one but not Thor two I like Iron Man one but not Iron Man 2 it's like you can just pick and choose whichever ones you like because there's so much you know with this DC they've only made three four movies they're all kind of bad except Wonder Woman is not bad at all it's pretty good and that's it you know you got a bunch of bad movies what are you supposed to do you're supposed yeah. to
1: like it's 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 just it's so frustrating because it's like, you you have these characters that honestly, like they're more established than the Marvel characters. They're more established than the Avengers, but they like, the problem is is that you're trying to force them into this hyper-realistic, very dark, very gritty version of our world. And that doesn't work for these characters. And so, you know, when you're doing something like, you know, you're, you're having an Iron Man, you're having, like, it only works for Batman. And when you bring all the other characters into Batman's universe, it's just like, no, that doesn't work. Like, you have to you have to reset the whole thing. And that's that's the reason why, like, if you watch the animated movies versus, you know, these live action movies, there's a huge difference. And one works way better than the other because they have an understanding of just like, yeah, this is the world that we have to have this is how these characters work. And if we sit here and try to do this whole thing of, um, you know, having this dark, like gritty, like super realistic version of the world that has like the American military and like all of our advanced, like modern technology and weaponry, you know, it works. And it's like, no, it, it, it doesn't like, and you know what the event, that's like, That's the thing kind of figured out and the things that they worked around. And something like the Infinity Stones, they work so much better than the Mother Boxes because they take the time to work those out, to establish the characters, to set up that these are a thing that has a lot of power that not everybody really understands how they work, but there's somebody out there that is very powerful that wants to get a hand on these. And if they get all of them, that's a big fucking problem because then we have no way of stopping them and with this it's just everything's just kind of like dropped on it's just like oh there's the mother boxes and like it's so dumb because you have the mother box in um amazonia and then you have the other one that is in um uh atlantis and then there's another one where nobody knows where the fuck it is and it's like all right obviously if you guys know The first two are enough that you've got to keep them in special places and keep a guard watching out for them. Then you need to, like, also have somebody, like, you need to combine your forces and say, hey, somebody else needs to go out and find where the fuck the other one is. Because if that one falls into the wrong hands, that's a big problem for all of us. And there's nothing like, like, the Amazonians are the only one that have any kind of like plan on how to, like, guard it. And their shit, like, falls through like the atlanteans are just like they're just like well we're underwater like unless they can breathe underwater i guess we're okay and then it's like he comes down there and he's like oh shit he can breathe underwater what do we do and he just fucks everybody up takes the box and he's like bye
0: I personally loved the Infinity War movie, um, but I don't agree with other people that they set up the Infinity Stones as well as all that. I, I think they set up the Infinity Stones kind of shittily, but in the actual Infinity War movie itself, they very clearly show you, like, dude has a glove, he's already got two of the stones, he needs X amount more stones, and then he's going to do what he wants to do. They explain it in a very clear concise way where you can follow it beginning to end it's all about his will of what he wants to do with that power it's his ambition of what he wants to do that's so scary you know these mother boxes are just just gold boxes i mean they don't mean anything and, and
1: that's another thing too is with the infinity stones like each one has a different power and they clearly establish that this one can do this this one can do this and one of the characters is literally like he's brought to life by the fact that he has a a stone embedded in his being and when you remove that stone he ceases to exist whereas the mother boxes like they're just a fucking MacGuffin, like that's all they are
0: yeah and and i don't i don't i didn't really even quite understand what happened with the mother boxes i got kind of confused about that at the end so what they they were waiting for Superman to be dead, they, they have like consciousness, they're waiting.
1: I mean it's confusing because it's like, um, I get like you you need to you need to understand what happened in uh, Batman v Superman, which is a fucking awful movie. I like, saw I've that tried one. to watch it and it's <clears throat> and it's just fucking terrible. It's, I've seen like, it at a, least three it's, times. It's, it's a miserable fucking movie, it's not fun to watch. Um, but you need to understand that in that movie, Lex Luthor, I guess, uses a mother box to bring Superman back to, or or bring Zod back to life, but as Doomsday. Um, and then also there's a movie like Justice League tells you that the reason why Cyborg exists because Miles Dyson used the mother box to RoboCop his own fucking son, um, And even that is not very clearly defined within this movie, which would have made a lot of sense, but even still like the Amazonians mother box versus the Atlanteans mother box versus the fucking uh, mother box. That is just kind of with star uh, industries company, whatever, whatever star is, Um, you know, that mother box, like there's no difference. Like you can mix them all up and it doesn't matter you know, whereas like with the Infinity Stones, it's like, well, you have the the Time Stone and you have the the Reality Stone, and so like they very succinctly uh, explain to the audience like this stone does this and this, and they even demonstrate that within Infinity War because they show that Thanos he understands how they work, and so once he acquires them, he's able to manipulate reality or time ever, causes to happen um and you see that like play out on screen it's the whole thing of show don't tell and this mo this movie like doesn't tell you shit and the shit that it does tell you doesn't make any fucking sense and that's a huge fucking problem because like if you're not already into this shit you're not going to be able to uh, you know catch on and follow it and you just get fucking lost and you're like why am i sitting through four fucking hours watching this shit if i don't know what the fuck's going on like we haven't even talked about martian manhunter like what the fuck was that
0: well let me say also about the uh, another thing about the infinity stones if i may you know another thing when i was watching infinity war and i saw you know i never read the comics or anything i'm not some kind of comic book person I'm i'm a movie fan and it felt like this is something from the comic books you know that comic book fans are dying to have seen them finally like bring these infinity stones to the movies you know and i do have a few friends that read comic books and they were telling me the same thing but you you could just sense it by watching it that this is something from the comic books that they're bringing in this thing with the mother boxes feels like something really lazy that they invented just for this movie that no one was looking out for that has never been in the comic books before and is really dumb like, that's how it comes well, from. Somebody
1: who who has not read the comic books that they, these stories are inspired by or based on, I, I couldn't tell you if the Mother Boxes were an invention that was just straight up a rip-off of the Infinity Stones, or if they're, like, something that's existed in the comic lore for, I don't know, however long.
0: I mean, if they have existed in, in the comic book, like, they didn't do a good job of... Of bringing whatever people like about them into the big screen, but I don't think that they're from the comic books. That's my personal prediction. Or if they're in there, they're yeah. they're not some kind of big deal item from a big deal. I mean, run. to me,
1: it it feels like it feels like they exist as is something that is inspired by the Infinity Stones, and it's just a ripoff of that.
0: That's how it feels for sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, also, what did you think uh, before we forget? Uh, What did you think about the whole presented in four by three aspect ratio? We
1: we did a whole conversation about this on, you know, just just kind of like talking between the two of us. It makes sense if it's like you got the the majority of the movie presented in IMAX, but um, in terms of, you know. It doesn't make sense now because all of our computer screens, all of our TVs, even our phones are going to be something that a 16 by 9 presentation makes sense. And you can do a better explanation of that than I can because you've worked as, as a projectionist, so you understand like you know why you would want the um, the aspect ratio that you have, but. Uh, the only other thing I've heard is red Letter media talk about like it's Zack Snyder just kind of saying like, fuck you to like movie studios. That
0: That's more what I would talk about more so than like, uh, you know, anything to do with real film. It's like, it's it comes off to me as if he is just trying to do something that's going to rub somebody the wrong way. You know, like, you know, my original vision was to do it in four by three. It's like, but the theater is not in four by three. I mean, an IMAX theater yeah. is in four by three, but you're kind of perverting what IMAX is all about. IMAX is about seventy millimeter film. You know, if you want to blow up a thirty-five millimeter print to seventy millimeter and show it in four by three, you know, you can do that. I guess no one is stopping you. But you know, that's just not. <laughs> that's not what. There's no other filmmaker has ever done that before. You know, no other filmmaker has said my movie needs to be in four by three. You know. Like you would expect that from somebody like Woody Allen, or you know some old school well, filmmaker like of the, that, or the things something. That I
1: said was the guy who made the the Witch, or he, like his next film, uh, the Lighthouse. That was in basically a four by three uh, presentation, yeah. but it was like um, you know it, it it had rounded corners and everything. Like there's a term for it, and I'm not technical enough to know that. But there was a very distinct reason why that movie was presented that way, and it it was um very like it was very germane to like the subject of the film and and what he was trying to portray to the audience and the time p the movie, it doesn't make any fucking sense it's like if anything you want action like this, you want this type of movie. To take place on the widest possible screen that you can have because there's a lot of shit going on. So to present it in four by three is not a fuck you to the theaters or to the studios. It's mostly a fuck you to the people that are trying to fucking watch the movie.
0: Yeah. And, you know, comically, uh, I just zoomed in on mine. Like the TV has like a little zoom feature, and it it, it looks yeah. it looks perfect when you zoom it because they formatted it when they really shot it. They formatted it for sixteen by nine, so it, it looks yeah. it looks fine zoomed in a little bit. That's what I personally did because I was like, I'm not gonna be, you know, I'm not gonna get suckered in by this fucking ridiculous bullshit. I don't need to see the bottom I mean, of Bruce Wayne's shoes. The,
1: the thing is, like with with stuff that's presented in this way. Um, you know, whenever, whenever you're, you're taking away like the, the exterior, like the sides of the presentation, that is much less noticeable than whenever you start to squish down the image to do widescreen. Cause I remember like when I was young and like, um, you know, these four by three, um, whenever you'd watch widescreen, I'm like, I understand that widescreen is the way that these movies were meant to be presented but um you know it's very distracting for me to have these black bars on the top and the bottom it seems like i'm watching a smaller image
0: yeah you are
1: i mean which i mean like now it's the opposite of that it's like i've got a wider screen so whenever you squish it in more it's like okay now i feel like that's starting to kind of take away but it's not as distracting to me as like I remember how I used to watch them back in the '90s and early 2000s.
0: Yeah, because on a four by three TV, the black bars are going to be a lot bigger if you're watching a movie that's like two, three, five, one. But yeah. you know, I, I you know, I'm not trying to get technical about aspect ratios or whatever. I'm just saying that it's silly to say like, oh yeah, and the movie's in four by three now. It's like because you already put the movie out once not in four by three, so it's just silly i think
1: if anything like that to me just smacks of like a certain level of pretentiousness that feels like he watched um i know his name's robert but the guy who made the lighthouse he watched the lighthouse or he heard about the lighthouse and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna present justice League my cut that way it's like (laughs) why that doesn't enhance the movie in any way that doesn't make any fucking sense like You know, you want this entire image to take up your entire fucking screen, not compromise the image down and remind everybody that they're just watching a fucking movie. You know, so... Well, yeah, like...
0: You have these directors in Hollywood that they feel like they've got to do these like sort of directorial stunts in order to catch people's attention. And it was kind of started by Chris Nolan when he was like, oh, I'm going to shoot part of The Dark Knight in IMAX format. So that way, when you go see it, in IMAX, there'll be most of the movie will be uh, two three five one, but there'll be some parts of the movie that all of a sudden is in four by three, you know, which was only in the IMAX theater and and it works in the IMAX format. And I saw it like that, and it was it was awesome. And it was, but it was like a, it felt like a stunt, you know, it felt like yeah. it felt like some kind of gimmick, even though it was cool. I mean, I definitely liked it. Uh, I
1: mean, there was moments in the in the opening of The Dark Knight that you're just like, okay, I get why he's doing this. And then definitely like he doubled down in the Dark Knight Rises because the entire opening of that like was meant to like give you the sense of like being like fully immersed of like you're dangling off this airplane but there's so much shit in Snyder Cut like when they're sitting there and they're doing the Lord of the Rings like retelling of like what happened the first time Dark Sea came to Earth um, you know and then like they're explaining like, oh, the Nazis discovered a mother box and they're just like, what is this? And it's just like, I don't need to fucking see this in 4 by 3 That doesn't make any sense.
0: No. And if you want to tell those stories, like make those movies where those things are happening and like build up to this. You you know, you cannot just wham, bam, skip to Justice League after three movies. Yeah. You know, it's just you have I not mean, that's, set that's up the world. ultimately
1: the problem. They didn't set up the fucking characters. Like, you know... Uh for this version of Batman he didn't get his own individual movie. Um Tragic. Wonder Woman did uh, did she did she get a she she got when uh, came out for she uh, Justice League, right?
0: She got introduced in Batman v Superman. That was the proto She got
1: introduced, but I'm saying like she didn't get her full like movie. Well, I'm telling movie.
0: you. I'm telling you. She was introduced in Batman v. Superman. That was like their prototype Justice League movie. It's like, we're going to have these three big superheroes. Then she did her movie after that, which was like a backstory movie. And it felt like... So
1: then the only character who got introduced before this film was Superman. Like, Because you can't even say like Batman or Wonder Woman because they didn't get their own movies before this. So they fucked up the whole Marvel formula formula which you know you can sit here and be like well they don't need to follow the marvel formula and it's like yeah they don't need to but they're still trying to copy it with either version of this because both the snyder cut and the theatrical cut are clearly trying to ape that formula and you you skip the biggest steps of that which is to set up your characters to generate a following and to make people excited to be like oh i want to see This version of The Flash and this version of Batman and this version of Wonder Woman, this version of Aquaman, together with Superman, fighting against villain that was already introduced in another movie. You know, like, this is something I'm looking forward to. And instead, they're just like, here, here you go. And it's just like, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was... You know, looking forward to with these movies was like, I like these characters. I like the character of Superman, generally speaking. I like the character of Batman. I like Flash. You know, I, I don't care for Aquaman. I've never really seen Wonder Woman done before. Um, you know, this version of Wonder Woman, I do have to say that I feel like she's getting way more credit than she kind of deserves just because she was in a movie that was like decent. I don't think that she's the perfect piece of casting for Wonder Woman. Um i mean i don't know i don't i guess i don't i i'm not i am not i can not fall in line with everybody on that one yeah it's and just... and
1: that's something that should be stated is that you're definitely more on board with like the d c characters than i am because like you like the animated movies and stuff, and oh yeah, like for me it's like i like batman movies like i'm not a- i'm not a huge like superhero movie guy um like i didn't like marvel um but uh um
0: I saw you were yeah. watching that Superman Doomsday movie the other day. What what did you end up thinking about that? Or did you catch it?
1: I was trying to watch Batman v Superman. And I I got like halfway into the movie. And I was just like. I was like I would rather go to sleep than keep watching this. Well,
0: it was funny that we were on the phone and that movie was playing in the background and I just I was able to call it just from hearing like one of the scenes in the background. I was like, "Is that Superman: Doomsday?" But <laughs> which is a great movie.
1: That's a great movie. Yeah. Well, what's funny is like uh, like more so than you, like my girlfriend like, you know, when I left my apartment, she was still watching one of the She was watching uh, a Suicide Squad animated movie. Like, she loves the DC animated movies. And even she was just like, she watched Justice League with me. Like, that's the only reason I watched Justice League at the theater. Um, She was just like, yeah, that was kind of shitty. And then she got HBO Max specifically so she could watch the Snyder Cut. And she watched the Snyder Cut. Like, we took breaks and everything. But she got through it. And she was just like, you know, that was... Fucking something, you know, <laughs> like she wasn't happy about it. And then, like, I went back for this conversation that we're having. I rewatched the entire Snyder cut. And then I rewatched the, well, before that, I rewatched the theatrical cut. And then I rewatched the Snyder cut just to be like, okay, what am I missing? Like, you know, is there something that's going to trigger in me and like make me understand, like, you know, why people like this? And like, honestly, like, it's like Transformers, just slightly less annoying. And that's my final thought on the movie. <laughs> all
0: right, hey, you ready to you ready to call it on the on? Us? Yeah,
1: I'm definitely ready to call it. All right, just, just kind of like trying to sit through all four hours of the Justice League. I need to take a break. <laughs> all right, well, let me cue up our
0: outro here, and I will just say that um, you know, I'm Matt. And I'm Manny, and uh, this has been Sequelitis. Thank you guys for yeah, checking it out. Thank you guys out. for listening. I'll see you next time.
1: Uh, chocolate rain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should play that. <laughs> Fucking movie sucked. In case you, <laughs> the
1: mic is still yeah, hot. All versions of, of of this suck.
0: Yeah, our mics are still hot. Let me just. Let me clarify my real opinion. It sucked. I hated it. It was bullshit. Yep. Dog right. turd.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna pee my pants if I don't uh, go right now.
0: <laughs> go for it.